Hi, welcome back to another episode of The 801. It's finally October. Doesn't feel like it here in the Metroplex. Very hot. I understand cooler weather is coming, but... Uh, Tomorrow. <laughs> hopefully. So as as we sweat, because we yet again turned off the AC, uh, I'm Melissa. I'm Puzzle Savant. Hey, Fujitos. I'm Sarah, and I will also be reading for Charles today, who could not make it. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm reading for Grace, who also could not make it. All right. I think we were going to start off talking about Promare first before we start talking about Given. So I haven't seen it. I'll take a step back from this one. I'm sorry. I am busy. Well, it's it is currently as of the recording of this podcast first first week in October still running. Which uh, it came out like so. I think that most people saw the advertising for like those two nights in September as dub and sub. And so being a sub fan, I chose the sub screening. And then surprise, surprise, you got extended a week and extended another week. And now it's here for like the third week. And I've seen it four times already. Because it's amazing, and because up until now, we didn't really know when it was coming out on Blu-ray, even in Japan, so felt like I really had to go see it. And it is, it is amazing. So this was a story that, like, I, I remember when it was coming out in Japan, because I had a coworker who had gone to see it in Japan on her vacation, and then she, like, casually mentioned, like, what for me as a Fujoshi would be the biggest scene, like, just kind of casually was like, well, you know, I don't think it was really there for Fujoshi, because I was like, I mean, does that, like... Is it because Trigger is doing this this cool thing trying to talk to Fujoshi, which I think they are, and I'll get to that in a bit. Um, but, like, because I'm trying not to spoil the scene for everybody here. But, so she she spoiled it for me, which is kind of the reason that I went to go see the movie, but I had to try to convince my friends who, not everybody's like a super hardcore anime otaku, so trying to get people who are not anime otaku to watch a Trigger show or movie without spoiling why, I was just like, just trust me, like, trust me on this one, because Trigger is very distinct, and, but I'm really happy that Trigger took a chance on us. I think that they did take a chance on Fujoshi this time. I think the magazine covers speak for themselves. The, the sales. Cons- the sales speak for themselves. Um, and anytime you need somebody to take responsibility for their actions, you know what happened. I'll just leave it at that. It's so. artistically beautiful. That's, that's one thing that yes. I like about it. There's a lot of, like, I suggest if you have not, go watch it. Or if you have watched already, and then go on Twitter and read some of, like, the symbolism. Like, a lot of fans have helped point out stuff that make the rewatch really good. Yeah, Mm. and at the time we're publishing this, it'll probably be off screens. But when Mm. you do have a chance to get it or to see it, go and try and buy the DVD when it comes out. And definitely, definitely invest in Premiere. Yeah, I did not think I was going to fall this hard, but uh, I've already made merch for it. Please, please go on my Etsy. That's my shameless plug. But I really, <laughs> I really did not like when you think about like Leo and he was described to me prior to the the um, going to see the movie as like Ashley's trapped in Yuri's body. That's pretty like obvious on point. Um, which apparently some of the animators even drew like your little Yurio pictures like with uh, Leo. So Leo is like made for me. He's my angsty blonde with a tragic past. We don't know what his tragic past is, but he's had it. He's had it rough. And then you have like. I'm not somebody who would Gallo. say it. I'm like an idiot sexual, but like, man, does that really make you fall for something different? Oh, our, our our friend Kit, who's been on the podcast several times, definitely her boy. Yeah, Gallo is. He is next level stupid. <laughs> he's, he's a himbo. Oh, I am not. Y'all know I don't normally do muscles, but like, man, have I been drawing some big man titties on this boy? 
not quite to the level of you know our arch villain of this thing which i've seen some of the art <laughs> i went to some places on the internet and then it was like well i don't actually no i'm not a fan of cray and gallo um no. it exists not a fan but gallo leo is definitely where it's at there's already dojin up on sources that i will not name i have read i enjoyed um yeah, he's he's the kind of stupid as I'll quote a Twitter post. Uh, what's the Spanish word for tamale? That that yeah, would be oh him. My. He's that dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I know that like Leo has a lot of top energy in the whole thing, but I gotta say that I I love the uh, size contrast that Gallo Leo mm-hmm. with Gallo as a top does for me. It's I've I've had a lot of interesting head cannons with this thing. So, and I just end up craving pizza after watching this movie. Oh, so, perhaps the next time we go see it, we should actually have pizza because that's what I've been doing this whole, wanting to do this whole time is go have a nice margarita pizza after this movie. But yes, go watch it. Listen to the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack is amazing. It's yeah. Can't, can't go wrong. I can't get the song out of my head. Yeah. It's definitely. A yeah. Leo's, uh, his particular song is like, that's straight up a banger. Been listening to that one on repeat really feel the top energy from that one it sounds like we need to have like a movie night party yes just pizza yes when yes the, well i know i'll be buying the dvd when it comes out okay yeah so, whenever the u.s version comes whenever out, the u.s we'll version be, uh, <laughs> doing it um though we do we do have a member who uh she's seen it 10 times oh and i commented because i felt like after my fourth <gasps> time that i was like <laughs> already halfway to having bought the japanese blu-ray at that at that price for having to go, go see it in theaters she was like i've seen it sometimes like well you just already bought the blu-ray and she's like well i already did anyway <laughs> so she's actually got the japanese blu-ray on order which will be nice. So all, all I'm in for thus far is a t-shirt, but they got me. They made, there's a t-shirt in Japan that said uh, Leo Gallo and it's got like the names like kind of overlaid in a cool type way. I was like, they literally put my ship on a, on a shirt. How can I not <laughs> buy this thing? So, and felt like I had to support it at least somewhat. So I've, I've bought in there, but we're just going to basically go see Premiere. Yep. <laughs> it's, all, it's all we can say without spoiling too much. Um, it's, it's well worth it, and I'm really glad that. I think it's significant that Trigger did something that feels like it's for Fujoshi, and whether it was intentional or not, we have co-opted it. It's ours now. Sorry to the rest of the anime fans. Um, every screening we've gone to has been like majority women, um, <laughs> I think because people know what's up. But uh, the last time I saw it, there was, uh, or maybe it was the third time I saw it. I can't remember at this point. But there was there's the the big scene that everybody will, will remember. The one that's important, the guy behind me was like, oh, now I see what all the fan art's about. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, okay, there's people out there who probably didn't know going into it. They thought, oh, just, you know, new Trigger movie. Here, that's your, you know, ye old anime dude. And And what uh, I'm glad is that they took this chance and we followed through as an audience. They say you vote with your wallet, and I think we really did that. Yeah, it hit over a million in the U.S. I don't know what it's at right now, but extended for a third week, which is pretty good. Granted, it's only in, like, major cities like Dallas, Atlanta, And even then, only two theaters. Yeah, but this is still pretty good that we got this thing into the third week, I think, because I I would be curious to see if G-Kids, who localized it here in the U.S., if they have data about, like first time viewers or if they've noticed it's a lot of repeat because uh i know that anecdotally like i've run into friends who i guess we should have told each other we were going again <laughs> yeah run into friends at the theater i like, accidentally oh, ran into here. you at the theater wow. or like run into other people you're like okay i know i saw you the other night <laughs> like ran into old friends at the theater yes people come out of the woodwork 
when they know that there is grade A content. And Leo Gallo is grade A content. So it's still going on like this week? Yes. Because I I saw it's at the Angelica. Oh, okay. And the AMC Grapevine has it. Oh, that's such a long drive for me. Oh, that is, yeah. Yeah. That's like five minutes from my office. So I'm like, okay, just pop over. We talked about going for a long and late lunch. Um, I did take some of my coworkers who, again, that's, it's like trying to convince them. But then when I start to convince them, like, trust me, they're like, oh no, is this that weird Fujoshi thing? And I'm like, oh, okay, but maybe, but like, it's not that bad, but like, stick with me here. And I do know that there is a difference between Fujoshi when they see it and non-Fujoshi because like, not Fujoshi, I was like, they're married, and they were like, okay, I think that's quite a stretch. And then Fujoshi, you're just like, I know, isn't it great that they're, like, married or whatever? Like, we have totally different worldviews post-incidences, but um, I stand I stand by this ship. I will go down with this ship. And it was real. It was real. And I think that the, the difference between views also makes it more universal as yeah. well. So like a, a guy and a girl can go see it and have two different experiences if the girl is Fujoshi and the guy isn't. Yeah, it's still a really good yeah. trigger movie regardless of how you feel about the great big content. Mm-hmm. So we will change gears here because I think we've gushed about Premiere as much as we're legally, you've convinced me, legally allowed to at this point. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll go see it this week depending yeah, the, on what The Freeze Force shows. is going to come for us. Which by the way, the Freeze Force should have just been called Ice. I just want to put that out there. That they should just be called ice. Um, so our main topic today is going to be what makes a BL good. And this is something that we haven't gotten this question necessarily exactly, but we oftentimes get a lot of questions at panels for good BL. Um, and I mean, our opinions differ. You know, those of us who, those of you who are, as viewers are familiar with what we've kind of done at conventions, um, we've been doing a body of research that really looked at the notion of, you know, like what actually happens in BL manga. And for me, that was in part because I felt like people judged a BL based on the merit of the content in the sense that problematic content equals a bad BL. Non-problematic content automatically makes it good. And I think that for me, I have different criteria. Mm. Um, But... So it's like, I'm not going to, you know, here, we're not going to hold it against anybody who thinks that problematic content takes away from it. And we're going to have, we actually have a question about that. Um, But I think that at its core, we do get a lot of questions that people are seeking out really good content because maybe their perception of BL is that it's not got a lot of great content. I think we've been really blessed, uh, hashtag blessed, in the last couple of uh, years, especially this year, to get a lot of what we would have considered really good BL to come across. Um, and so we're going to be taking a look at some of those, um, but we'll get started. What makes a good BL? I think for me, it has to be storyline because I don't want just PWP. I want mm-hmm. just something with a really good story that'll keep me coming back for more. Mm-hmm. I, if it does have some adult scenes in it, like that can be a plus. It can even move the storyline along. But for me, it's like, I just don't want just senseless, let's get together and bang nasties because mm-hmm. it's a BL. And Sarah and I were just talking about this too um, when we were reviewing Life and Death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And, and to me, like, if there's problematic content, it will prevent me from recommending it to people, to at least to certain people who I know may be hesitant to, mm-hmm. like, watch it or check it out. Yeah. Well... For me, one of the things that's important to me 
that I find for all stories, because you can have different preferences. Like maybe I like more fantasy genres as opposed to like schools and whatever. Mm. Um, But at the end of the day, what makes a story good is the relatability. So if you can't relate to the characters, if they do nonsensical things, you're not going to like them. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons we make fun of O'Connor and I all the time, because the boy (laughs) literally thinks he needs to pay back the guy with his body. How many people, when they're in that situation, think, oh, you know what's a normal solution? Let me pay him back with sex. Most people can't relate to that. Or what if it's just abuse at that point? Like, uh, abuse of power? Yeah. Because the... Well, it, uh, problematic aside. But the, okay. the characters seem to lack a, a self-awareness, which is, I think, like, not to, you know, shit too much on, like, Junjo, Sekaiichi, or those types of stories. Mm-hmm. Like, even I Love Super Lovers, and it falls into the same pitfalls, where the story repeats itself, so that the same conflicts that you had, such as, like, maybe... You know, they think they're cheating or, oh, I don't know if I love him. Or, like, Super Lovers always falls into, like, making the main guy, like, get hurt or something. Mm -hmm. Like, it manufactures drama. Like, a very soap opera type thing to -hmm. keep the story moving because it's like, okay, we got to stall for time instead of, like, actual conflict and actual resolution. Yes. It's like, if this has happened before, like, why does this man keep falling down the stairs? Like, why does everything (laughs) keep happening to him? Like, those types of things that really, like, for me, that is what makes a bad BL. Is like that's just poor story writing. Yeah, I understand yeah. maybe why too the manga cliche, we've has seen it too to often. It, but yeah, it gets old after a while. I want something kind of, even if it's not original, to feel like it's got some sense of originality. Um, because a nuance to the same situation. Yeah. Maybe it's the same story, but it's got something that makes it special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why now I'm really drawn to stories that focus on the characters like living together after because we, we've seen so many stories of just how do they get together? And it's like, okay, well, what happens after the, they're together? Like, maybe you do want more. Um, which is why it's it's really exciting for Dokusei. They're going to be having um, what seems to be a manga of them uh, like living together. I think Dokusei is one that'll probably come up when we recommend some good BL because it, you know, it's a little bit of a slow burn, but it takes a pretty measured look at how these characters, you know, get together. How do they deal with being apart? How are they going to live together? And it seemed like a more natural progression into a relationship as well, rather than something kind of silly and outlandish. Yeah, which even if it's pretty outlandish and how they get together, like, you know, at least if you're going to deal with them living together, mm-hmm. then I feel like we've got that conflict. Because I, I feel like BL kind of falls into, like, one or two camps. Like, either it's the long drawn out, how do they get together? Mm-hmm. Or they get together very quickly, and then the manga is about how they live together. So, yeah, and that's something that Charles also said in her notes was that rejection of the norm, sort of going away from the cliches, um, seeing the same thing over and over again, the normal path of these stories is it gets boring after a while. Yeah. Yeah, Grace said uh, she likes a good story, good character development, beautiful art, and steamy scenes are a plus. Which, I mean, I I know that here we have different opinions about um, spice levels. I know that for me, I, I like to have something, even if the spice is going to be far off, they're going to do a captive prince where I'm going to yeah. wait a long if time. If I got to wait. I got to yeah. have something because I honestly, like, I will judge. It's like, I'm not going to just pick up a, a straight up one shot if it's like 16 plus. Give me that 18 plus. You know I'm buying it. Um, because I definitely, that's the kind of content that I feel like I want to have uh, because I do want stories, like adult stories. Um, that's... I don't think I would consistently read PL if it wasn't anything like that. Like, you've got to have, for me, some kind of, like, actual payoff. Um, so I, did, I do tend to, to want to have that. Um, so what do y'all find is more important to you, the story or the art? 
definitely story. Um, it's rare that I ever have an issue with the art. Like the only time I've ever had like a, the only thing that I can think of that I haven't had an interest in watching is One Piece. For me, the, the artwork is like just too cartoony. It's just mm -hmm. the way everything stretches. I, like I can't take it seriously. I'm just not interested in watching it. It doesn't captivate me. Mm -hmm. And I think I had a similar issue at first with, um, what's, what is that one? The Attack with, Titan. Not Attack on oh, Titan, because yes, that manga too. is off-putting. <laughs> not that one. It, it was another anime with, like, the guy going, Excalibur. Oh, Soul Eater. Soul Eater, thank you. Yeah. yeah, at first, like, the opening was really weird. For whatever reason, mm -hmm. I just didn't like the artwork. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, so far, like when it comes to manga and BL, I haven't really run into that issue. So unless it goes over the top with like the, um, the, the yaoi chins and everything's pointed. Mm -hmm. So I completely agree with Charles here and I'm actually going to read all of Charles cause it's really funny. Um, <laughs> so short answer is both story and art. Long answer is the story better be really good if you want me to suffer through bad art. But I can make it through bad art. However, if the art is great with a bad story, I'll stop reading after one chapter. Um, I'll read something recently. Uh, I've, I've read something recently that had fantastic art, but the plot line was so bad and had several of my nope tropes that I just oh. noped out. Oh. Um, then you get something like Okana and I with this terrible story and terrible art, but then I read four volumes what? anyway because hashtag research, hashtag science. But then there's a <laughs> spinoff called... Um, Hinshi Dekanai, which is equally bad art, but amazing story. So, Fujiyoshi problems. Yeah, I think that it, it's kind of a two-way street there, because if the art's really bad, then the, no, you're not going to suffer through it for the story. Mm -hmm. But if the art's really good, but the story goes nowhere, I mean, maybe if it's a one-shot. I feel like it's that's how it is for doujins, because doujins, a lot of times, I'll read, and it's like, man, there was like, the plot was paper thin, it was a doujinshi, I understand, but they really spared no. Ex they were not trying on that on that plot at all. But if the art's really pretty, then it's like okay, it is what it is. For Dojins, I am like that. The art is much higher. Oh yeah, yeah. there's like no I reason need to read good a art. Sheet, but, um, <laughs> I mean, I tend to seek out artists based on um, style. And the way that I've been doing BL kind of for the last year when I'm reading new stuff is I find something that I like based on the cover. Um, being a graphic designer, um, where I think the art's pretty. Or it seems to have been popping up on my reading manga a lot. And then I'll read that one. And if I liked it, which I probably did because of the art, um, I will go through and read all of that author's work. So I'm really consuming it based in large chunks. Um, I just finished a chunk of Scarlet Barrico. I've been working through uh, Kurahashi Tomo's works. Um, so it's really the art that is, is drawing me in. So for me, I think that it, it has to be more important than the story. Because at the end of the day, a lot of BL are going to run together. There's only so much room in my head to remember each individual plot. Mm -hmm. But if it was pretty and it was a good time... Um, that makes it sound really terrible. It's like it's a cheap prostitute or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I was pretty. It was, didn't matter about, you know. But I, I, I would come down on the art more than anything because, you know. I would definitely say it's, it's uh, for me personally, it's the, it's the storyline and the, the uniqueness of it because when I look for stories, I read the description. Mm -hmm. um, like I'll click on it for the art, but then I'll read the description or mm -hmm. I'll see something in the art that I like and I want to read more mm -hmm. about it. And if I like that, then I'll read it. Um, so that's a different mm -hmm. approach, but it's definitely story based. But you have y'all have more notes than I do. So like for me, reading a description, like 
it, it might help me like become more interested, but I, I've become known to not have a lot of like squicks or the squicks that I have really crop up in BL. So I feel like I'm going to be safe. Whereas like some of our readers for them, they have a, they have a lot more like nose and it's really important to know about the story going into it because you don't want to end up in a situation where it's like, I, I can't handle this. Yeah, for the most part, I, I'm pretty good with problematic content. I know Charles is very much like, I won't read anything with a note in it. Whereas yeah. me, I'm like, underground hotel. Yeah, we've all got a few exceptions here and there. I'll give anything a chance, just so long as the plot is good. Like, I'm willing to overlook any of my notes. Yeah, so kind of piggybacking off of, you know, the, the whole note thing. Um, I mean, we, we've all seen authors where we read something and it was really good and then you find their other work and you're like oh this is really bad or you find somebody who your perception is that they only write bad stuff and you find the good one and you're like what happened wow um i mean i used to really wonder about the um author for tyrant falls in love and then i read one of theirs uh awkward silence and i was like it's not it's not terrible it's not tropey what's wrong here so you know you can see that okay there's just one here that's really particularly bad um, so does it bother you if an author who consistently writes good BL writes a bad one? Um, you know, what do y'all think? I'm really bad at keeping up with authors. So I, the the only, like, artist that I really keep up with is, like, Hamlet Machine. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I like her artwork, but there is, like... Um, there's a huge difference between Starfighter and then the new work she's working on on her Patreon. Oh, uh, the, the bug, the bug one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. painkiller. Yeah, it's definitely like. I mean, you, you you've seen through some of her fan works or her yeah. other art, but that is definitely like it's. <laughs> those are two different audiences. <laughs> they really are, and she's exploring something that she likes. Yeah, but because it's mostly PWP, it, there again, mm-hmm. it doesn't catch my interest too much. I feel like there could be a storyline in there somewhere. I feel like she's kind of hinted at it, but so far, um, yeah, I, I pretty much, if she made a physical copy of it, I pretty much wouldn't buy it just because it doesn't interest me. It doesn't mean I hate her artwork. It's still lovely, but it just, it doesn't get me. And see, it's interesting because I would have never like sought out that kind of content on my own. Like it doesn't entice me. I'm not, you know, it's not my thing, but Hamlet Machine draws it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna read that. Exactly. Because, Because I like the art. So I think that for me sometimes... Like, because I like the artist, I'm more willing to try something. So it doesn't really bother me if somebody writes something bad, but I have to wonder, like, why? Like, what mm-hmm. what, what happened in this person's life that they felt like they needed to write Tyrant Falls in Love? You know? Yeah. When clearly they've written other, like, really healthy stories. Like, was this an opportunity to explore different themes? You, you don't really know. But having experienced the bad first, I thought that this was all they wrote because I hadn't read a lot of their work. Maybe it's like where an actor is trying to show... That they're they they that they can do more yeah. than what they're usually cast. Like yeah. I know Jim Carrey, he's like, I don't want to be just cast as like the silly character. I want to do something serious too. Yeah. Whereas you look at something like uh, Ginger Romantica Sekaichi, it's like, wow, these are very similar here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the other stuff. Yeah. I usually binge every author like when I find an author I like. So I do the same mm-hmm. thing you do, but most of the time they're. Pr- similar enough that it doesn't like I've never run across anything the one that I had was Sakuragari because that author never wrote anything BL until that and I'm <laughs> just like it was like yeah I was like wow what part what of you what did this come out of well, this this yeah. was like purging something from your soul wasn't it <laughs> yeah like, um so does it does an author's personal kinks or fetishes play into whether you think a BL is good um I know for me reading a lot of Fusunosuke and Aria stuff 
there was definitely that moment where you've, you know, like you've read Maiden Rose, you're like, okay, a little World War II-y. And then you read more and you're like, okay, those were the fake Nazis. We're on to the real Nazis. <laughs> and then you re- you slowly realize, like, when you see more and more, you're like, okay, this, this woman has a, she has a legitimate, like, World War II fetish. Like, she's oh, into yes. the gun, she's into the motorcycle, she's into the, the automobiles, she's into these uniforms, which are totally SS uniforms. You're like, oh, this is a little bit weird. But, like, in this in this alternate universe, But they have fashion. Cool. It was, Too bad it was wasted. It on was them. literal Hugo Boss designer. Uh, oh, for God. another, that's for another podcast. Yeah, don't buy Hugo Boss. They were Nazis. Um, but like, does that affect like you know? Do y'all ever like get further and further and then have to nope out of something, or have you just at that point been like, I'm in too deep. I like it. So I love Electile Delusion for the kink. Like that author when she wrote that and her other stuff, I'm yeah. just like, oh, because she's got because Nekata Yoneza has an underwear fetish and, and a toy fetish. Yeah, and then there was one thing that she did one of the doshins recently that I was like, oh shit, like it was like even dirtier. Like she keeps getting progressively and progressively yes. dirtier. I don't remember what it was. It was something I probably shouldn't say. Well, <laughs> in this podcast, <laughs> but like it was super kinky. Yeah. So yeah. or, or I like, like her stuff. You've read Escape Journey, right? Yes. There's the like bedwetting part where he like pees oh, in the middle of it. I was like, yeah, oh, that was that's a little, little bit much. Hmm. But like, I'm here for the right. Like, I just pretended yeah. that part didn't exist. But um, I mean, unless it was one of my like true squicks, and yeah. even then, like, I'll probably still read it. I just be like, skip those pages real quickly. Yeah, the only one that I've I've heard seen come up once that I was like, I can't finish this is the one, the the one that was on the abai list with the demon. Oh, um, the, the girl. I read it. I can't yeah. do it. I oh, can't I'm do it. He, he, it he literally fucks his neck, and I'm yeah. like, I oh, can't do what? that. Oh, no. yeah. If you wow. did, you ever read the the uh, Maki Murakami? Yes. Vision? Okay, if that's you, when I found out I had this problem. <laughs> yeah, if you can't read the, the Maki Murakami, a couple years like man, this is a long time ago. I don't a know, long time she with it with it involving a priest and a demon and like some internal organ fucking. And if you can't Ooh. handle that, you can't handle. This oh, other one whose name I can't remember which. Mm-mm. It's like letters M D Z. Oh, M D M D K or Mad K. Mad K. That's what it is. I can't read it. I can't read it. I'm was... horrified. Okay, that's probably one thing I'll never read because like there there are no pleasure points in your organs. Like join join me in my my Guru anti squick. Yeah, thing. if you don't like like Guru BL is like a a definite subgenre like all the like body horror body modification that type of thing. Oh God. Um, yeah, so so very clearly, I guess, like, for some of us, like, an author's kinks may not deter, but the kinks have to line up with ours. Yeah. Like, if they don't line up, like, so, at some point <laughs> yeah. I had to assess and be like, am I turned off by SS uniforms? Clearly not. So, <laughs> like, you just recognize um, that I had you that. just don't say that out loud a lot mm-hmm. of times. I had that with the, the bug fucking thing. When Painkiller initially came out, I'm oh, like, yeah. well, that happened. Yeah, I mean, I'll read it because I get email, like updates, like Hamlet just posted this page, and I'm like, okay, I'll just look at it. But yeah, normally I don't comment on those because it's like I really don't know what to say. Yeah, Grace uh, kind of said something similar. She was like, well, it doesn't really bother me, um, but she doesn't focus too much on the author's kinks and fetishes. Yeah, because she would like to read the BL and interpret it in her own way. And I yeah. think that, I mean, it depends on how much you're reading BL for, like, I guess, sexual pleasure versus a story. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm reading you know like if, if somebody were to be reading it to like get off i guess like the kinks have to line up otherwise you're not gonna get off on it mm-hmm. fair point but i mean if i'm reading a nikita yonezo doujinji i'm reading that as an extension of the don't be cruel story so it's really just because you want to like complete the story um but i guess if i didn't like her kinks i would have dropped that i'm still here 
And Charles says the same thing. Like, she pretty much doesn't follow authors that much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same way. So, on to the big question. How does problematic content affect your opinion of a story? Um, Like I said, it'll probably prevent me from recommending it to people. And Mm -hmm. I probably won't announce that I like it as much as I do. uh, The opposite of me. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, I'll mention, like, I've... You know, I've read it or I've watched it, but I, I probably won't say, like, in just a general public area, like, yeah, I'm absolutely in love with it. Yeah, Cause... people aren't going out saying, I love Boca no Pico. Oh, no. yeah, no, yeah. no, I don't think anyone. Well, there's some probably sick We've people. We've met some people. Like... Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chose We've had panel. their ringtone. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. You, you could tell based on the audience, the people who uh, had watched it for... Like legitimate reasons, such as like research, or had been forced to watch it for like, or just curious, meme, or were just curious. And then the people who like watched it and like watched it multiple times, you're like, oh no, Ooh, I'm gonna stay away from y'all because like <laughs> multiple no. times. Come on, I watched it when I did. I was one of the curious people who watched it. Yeah, and then um, there was one point a couple of years ago. I watched all three like consecutively and then i came up with this weird true crime fan theory yeah <laughs> that it's actually about like the third final season is like the guy who was going after the little boys is actually a pedophile serial killer and the last one is about them their bodies have been dumped somewhere yeah. in tokyo and it's just about them like kind of going off to neverland like that is the only way i could function so i was like you it. rationalize the problem I, content. yes when i it did it's too bad you yeah. rationalize it somehow <laughs> you still have to watch it but i'm never or you step away. i'm never yeah. ever gonna watch it again and i think the main reason that i watched it too was oh because... we might have to watch it for research don't say never no i don't want to <laughs> no i think we'll no. spare ourselves that there's yeah because if someone asks me like in the future what it's about you know, I'll give them a summary, but if they want details, I can give it to them. Yeah. And, like, I appreciate that stuff, because, yeah, I never watched Two Girls, One Cup. But oh, I asked nope. a friend who was curious and saw it, and they were able to tell me yeah. what happened without me having to, like, bleach my eyes out. Yeah. So. So what about for you on problematic content? So for me, as long as it's not one of the major things, like Girl, um, Incest, or Shoda, I'm pretty good. I like, you know, stories with, like, crazy characters are fine by me. You know, Mm -hmm. like, murder characters are fine by me. I love it. Um, I like the... Sometimes I like bad romances, too. I Mm -hmm. I enjoy them. So, I think problematic content in it isn't bad as long as it's not one of those things that I just don't enjoy reading. Yeah. I feel like I have to look at it and put it in perspective. Like, is the problematic... Like, what is the problematic content? Is it a non-consensual scene? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it because of writing because of tropey plot is it there for a reason like if it's there for a reason i have a lot easier time kind of getting over the hurdles of it and probably still enjoying the content um it also depends on like is the problematic content addressed because like we've mentioned don't be cruel here and don't be cruel like we've for years been telling people like it's really great but the first two volumes which was the first omnibus mm-hmm. volume in in the english version are really bad like if you can get through those Stick with it. Or just yeah. skip those entirely because the story changes almost so much in terms of the characters. And, like, for some people, that would be a hurdle. For me, I recognize, okay, I don't really like this, but I saw, I guess, enough good in the story and the art to really want to stick with it. Um, because, like, for me personally, like, those kinds of things really don't bother me. Like, I have really high tolerance for a lot of this kind of stuff in BL. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean I still like it. Um, but it's just, like, putting it in perspective. Because, like, I can do Don't Be Cruel, but, like, I cannot read Junjo. 
I mean, that's for, like, a lot of other reasons. Like, I just think it's objectively bad. But, um, but. like, when the problematic content happens repeatedly and it's for, like, poor story reasons and it's not, you know, for, like, plot reasons or, I don't know, I'm kind of biased because I'll read, like, my World War II Bad, bad romances up and down, but can't stomach Junjo. I like how you mentioned if, like, if it helps move the plot along, it's mm-hmm. good. Because I was thinking of the same thing with Killing Stalking. Yeah. And that was one thing I mentioned in my panel. Like, it's very problematic. It's mm-hmm. tough to read for some people. But there is, like, a psychological reason that these characters are together. And to me, that's kind of what makes it so good, too. Yeah. Because you're constantly asking, how is this sick person gonna get out of this situation some some stories are just bad romances like you can't just yeah. say that all be all has to be sunshine and roses because it's not realistic there's gonna be times something happens like there's plenty of stories on tv i'm pointing to my television like anybody's gonna see me here um, <laughs> that you know it's just, it's telling like a true crime story and like you can't tell a story about murder unless there's murder right yeah. like, um, there's no way around that and and that comes to like how it's portrayed like if it is it portrayed as something bad like are we not supposed to enjoy this? And with Killing yeah. Stocking, we're not supposed to enjoy that. No, That's yeah. not like, oh, I'm so glad they're together. No, it's like, oh, I hope they, they murder someone in yeah. this relationship. Like, I get anxiety when I yeah, think he's going to escape. I'm you know, like, that's, yeah. that's how you're supposed to feel. And that, that sort of makes the problematic content less difficult to stomach. Because it's just part of the plot. Yeah. It's not like, okay, this is to get the characters together. And I really wish that it had been more consensual between them because they could have, like... A lot of times I just feel like there's no objective reason for the romance to start off so bad when it could start off good unless mm-hmm. there's a legitimate plot reason. Like and, and like mm-hmm. with Captive Prince, they they address the problems they have and there was there was mm-hmm. a point for it, the first story. But a lot of yeah. people I read reviews on that first volume that are like, Oh, this is awful and this is terrible and I'm like, Did you even read the third volume? Yeah. It's oh, part wow. of the the world building there. Yeah. It's not just as to say it's good or bad, but it's like just Sometimes things are a lot more neutral than what people want to make them. Mm. So, I don't know. I think, I think, I don't know if Charles had any comments here. Uh, Charles basically can't, or doesn't enjoy any kind of problematic. There, there are a lot of nopes for Charles. Okay. Um, So, (laughs) generally, uh, she avoids any titles with any of those tags and just stays to the pure, sweet, fluffy stories that are... That are good. That's fair. I mean, no one needs that amount no. of stress in their life, honestly. Yeah. You know. I'm gonna time out and just say, "How does she like you to romantic?" <laughs> like, I don't want to throw shade at. Like, she says all this stuff about problematic content. I'm like, but you like you. Um, hi everybody. Charles here, sliding in for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, right after what Melissa just said, the mic cut out for several seconds and picked up in a random place, and I don't know why. So, yeah, hey, sorry about that. Um, and two, she just accused me of being a hypocrite, like in June Germantica, when I really don't like any problematic content. So let me just elaborate on the things that I wrote to them that they totally ignored. And this is also going back to the story versus the art, which was more important. And I say story, because if it's bad art, I can probably suffer through it. But if it's bad story, I can't. Well... The manga art from Junjo Romantica, especially the first many volumes, is definitely in the bad art category. And the story is not that good either. So it's very basic. So arguably, based on the things I just said, um, it is not good enough to justify reading it as per my previous statements. If not for, one, it's crazy popular and a well-read for Joshi should read it for just cultural awareness. Two, I like one of the side couples and certain other elements... 
three, the anime's art is way better, and I saw it first, and four, I got into it before I had refined my taste, and now I'm in for the long haul. So when I first saw it, I was pretty okay with a lot of the things that happened, or at least okay enough to continue. So yeah, I don't find it very hypocritical that I like Ginger Masco, but you know what? We all have our things. Um, so that's what I have to say, and now back to your regular scheduled programming. Okay, so it sounds like for problematic content, it really just depends on what the content is, because we each have individual pain points, quicks, things that are nope. So it's really going to depend for the individual person. Yeah. Um, but And we'd love to hear y'all's thoughts, too, so feel free to like tweet at us um, some of your own answers to some of these questions. Um, because it's, it's, you know, we like to hear from Fujoshi about, you know, this content. It's, it's also relevant, like, as new things get acquired for the U.S. market, um, you know, what things, because I think that, I think, like, when Escape Journey came out, that one has a little bit of problematic content, even though it's, I think it's a pretty good one. I'm going to put it on my good BL list, um, but that's not the same for everybody. Like, we all had very different reactions to reading that story, or, like, as Yadichun starts to come out, um, I think Volume 1 comes out next month, that's another polarizing one. So people's opinions about problematic content and how it relates to good BL are different. But I think that, in general, as a group, we've kind of stood by the whole idea that problematic content alone does not make or break a BL in terms of how good it is. Um, because you can have something up, you know, that's got a lot of problems and still still be good to somebody or still overall be good. Um, I think in general, like, I'm definitely somebody who's like, I will say, like, almost everything's good. And even though I shit on Junjo and everything like that, you're not you're not wrong to like it. That's mm-hmm. the thing at the end of the day is whatever I don't like, it doesn't matter. If you like it, I'll support you in liking it. I like yeah. Tyrant. And you yes. guys don't. So there yeah. you go. So and and honestly, plenty of people hate Maven Rose and let me know it. <laughs> honestly, at the end of the day, it's a work of fiction. So, I mean, it's not like you're pairing up real people in these them. problematic situations yeah. in real life. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. okay to like that problematic content. Yeah. All right. So what are some of the uh, good BL that you've read recently? So I'm going to start with Charles. Um, Charles has been stuck on Modazushi, which I've also... Oh, I need to start that. I have viewed all of the 50 episodes of The Untamed. It is very, very good. It's a Chinese damwa. Um, so go go watch, read, or however you obtain it, go, go see that. Um, also, uh, a title Kit suggested uh, to Charles about two cosplayers that was super good called Koiwa Nana... Iro Shichi Hengi, which is good because it's hashtag living your best life, rejection of the norm, and happy endings. Another one uh, Charles suggested is Kuroka Shiroka, um, aka Black or White by Sachimoto, um, which who is perhaps best known for the Omegaverse Bet- Butler manga um, that they wrote, but it's about two guys who are cl- high school classmates and secretly. Secretly high school sweethearts who became actors and lived together secretly as a couple. Sounds cute. Yes. What about Um, you? Recently, um, I've just been reading for uh, the other podcasts reviewed. So the most recent things that I read was uh, number six. We did a review for our Patreon. And like, that's just like the best feeling one that I know of. But like, it just... It triggers me so because Nezumi leaves at the end and no one ever questions where he went (laughs) or when he's coming back. And then the other one I read was Loveless. Uh, That kind of, I guess that one teeters along the edge of problematic content. Uh, 
because it's like a 12 year old with a 20 year old man. And while they never cross the taboo line, there's still like kissing. So yeah, to each their own. But then there's also like some psychology behind it too, I believe. I need to finish reading all the volumes when they finally come out. Because the, the story, like I said, if you listen to that Patreon review, it does get really good. Um, so I, like I said, have been reading through the Kurahashi Tomo, um, I guess everything she did, and in the sense that I've gotten through her first work that um, I came across, which was Itsuka Koi ni Narumare, uh, which I think is Until Someday When We Fall in Love, is apparently what they're calling it in the scans at least, um, which it's about high schoolers, but it was really pretty and I liked it. Um, I don't remember too much about it, except that um, I guess it, it felt like one of the characters that had a crush and shot it was trying to best friends, which was definitely my thing. And one of the characters did look like Makoto. Um, <laughs> so I was all up on that. Um, but the other character, um, I guess I felt like after like his initial shock, like he decided to kind of like give it a chance, um, which I really am liking stories where the guys are not super like off put or even if they are off put, they like come around to it. It's like, they're not going to be like, they're confronting their own internal bias against like homophobia because one of the characters, like he did say he was gay. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I read escape journey from English, which recently concluded, which again, I know there's controversial content in it, but I really liked escape journey because I felt like more so than some of the other ones I'd read recently in, in like officially published English, like it talked about them figuring out how to live as a gay couple in Japan and like the actual mechanics of that. Like, Hey, we're in college. Like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we like the characters being like, you know, telling their parents, like one of the characters came out to his mom who he was not, um, like his, his mother had left, left, then divorced his dad. Mm -hmm. And so he was raised by his dad. Um, so his mother was kind of estranged from him. So he, he came out to his mom. She reacted terribly. Um, and then his partner felt really upset about it. Like, I'm sorry that this happened to you. And then the character was like, no, it's okay. Like I, I stand by what I told her. Like, it's fine that she reacted this badly. Like I just, you know, like he, he was at peace with having come out to her. Um, and then came out to his dad and then was talking to the other character, the Uke about coming, like them coming out to Uke's family um, talking about like how are they going to find an apartment because apparently it's pretty hard for two um, like roommates are not very common in Japan and um, like, like re- realtors won't want to rent to two guys um, there's a lot of housing discrimination and so those kinds of logistics that I was personally unaware of not being a gay man in Japan um, and I mean, we just don't face that kind of housing discrimination here in the US um, I thought that it was a pretty realistic look even though there had been some some problematic content and even though this is an interesting case where neither character really identified as gay, like, they were pretty much, like, we're straight. I'm like, I think there's some latent bisexuality here that's not, like, <laughs> sometimes in BL, the, it can be too much of a binary between gay and straight. And it's, like, a lot of these characters who probably say they're straight but fall for a guy, like, legitimately are on are, are bi. Like, most people are bi on some level. Uh, you know, it's just, like, the Kinsey scale. But we're all a little bit bisexual. And so I felt like Escape Journey despite the straight guys, despite the rape scene, um, did feel like it was really good in terms of tackling uh, LGBT issues, which is, for me, I guess I haven't really mentioned that, but it, it does matter to me in a BL, um, and that would help make it good. Um, Doki Say is another good one mm-hmm. that recently came out in English, even though we've been saying for years it's very good. Uh, Doki Say is like consistently in our top, just like kind of love stages. Um, 
which Love Stage also had some problematic stuff in the beginning. Um, but I think that... And one you guys haven't read a lot, um, I Hear the Sunspot. I feel yes, like really I Hear the Sunspot is definitely one that um, the more recent volumes have actually gotten more BL. So it was running in a BL yeah. magazine, but I think that the author, from what she said in her author's comments, like the intent was not necessarily to go full BL, but then her editor was like, well, you're in a BL magazine, so you need to like push the relationship with the characters. <laughs> so it kind of became BL because of where it landed. Um, so it's a, a deaf um, character and a character who ha- who is can hear. Um, it's kind of their slow burn romance. And I think that that one is good because it's really sensitive towards the, um, like, I guess, disability or um, the hearing loss issues. Um, the character is not born deaf either. So it's an interesting look. It's not just like that. It's like a character who's struggling with the loss of his hearing within the, the last, like, five to ten years of his life. Um so it's a relatively recent thing for him. So you have that dynamic, and then you also have the dynamic of two guys, um, which adds another layer, because a lot of BL, like, I mean, we know it's going to be two guys, so, like, there's only so much you can kind of do. So this mm-hmm. gave it a different flavor, I guess, to the conflict of two characters, um, you know, trying to figure everything out when, when they've got these differences and the major differences, hearing versus non-hearing. Um, so I think, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I liked uh, Fourth Generation Head, Good Spice. Um, so one that I read was Coyote. Yes, I read I read volume two, yeah. and I'm liking it even more now. I love it. Yes, um, it's it's very grungy. If if you liked stories like um, Viewfinder, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's got that same kind of grunge factor to the story, which I like. But it's then it's also really hot. Yeah. Um, so spice levels up. Uh, other than that, I've mostly been reading web comics. So one of them, uh, I've I've read three web comics this past week that just blew me away. Um, one was Novi, which is like really beautiful art, but it's about like a sorcerer and a astronomer in fr- France in like the like the seventeen hundreds or something. Really beautiful art. Airs Game is about a duelist who's tr- trying to win a contest to become the the hired help of the lord of the land and the lord falls for him even though he shouldn't have any contact with the contestants and it's cute um that awkward magic is cool as well it kind of reminds me of always raining here it's set in school but this uh boy finds out he's a wizard or a witch and he he doesn't know how to deal with his powers and then his friend accidentally becomes his familiar and they have to pretend date which is funny because you know pretend date that's a common trope so those are basically what I've been into is the web comics. Yeah, I will say another um, good BL. I wouldn't necessarily say this is good in the sense of like you know, docu say or that kind of thing. But for me, being a a baby stepping into Omegaverse, <laughs> Kusabi Carey has two sets of works um, that they are they're linked. So there's uh, trying to figure out what the original one is here because the sequel is uh kurui nako no wa boku no ban and then i don't remember what the original one was um uh kurui yeah no, oh, that's the same thing okay so i guess it's a three volume uh piece but it's an omega verse and so the the first kind of like couple in there that kind of resolves itself um it's an alpha and an omega but the story uh, that has been focusing on recently has been there's a beta who falls for a, a new Omega who comes into the office. 
Um, but being a beta, like, it's just not really going to work out. Um, and he, he recognizes that. But he already, like, he had had a crush on the original Omega from the first couple's plotline. Um, and that definitely didn't work out because that Omega got, a, got an alpha. Um, so he's got this crush on this other one. Um, and he's, he's really having a hard time of it. And, like, they seem like they're going to be working out. But then there's a major plot twist, um, which, spoilers, a major plot twist where that Omega actually, even though he's been talking to this beta, you know, that kind of thing, he goes and he's so desperate to get paired up that he lets another, he lets an alpha uh, bite him. And in this, and I don't know how it is for other Omega verses, but at least in this universe, like once you've been paired, um, you can't, if you try to kiss or like have sex with another um, like person, you're going to get physically ill. So he tried to, like, because wow. he, he was trying to get on with the beta, um, or the beta tried to, like, kiss him, and then he was just, like, you know, devastated because he's basically paired up with this guy who he doesn't know if actually going to, like, care for him. Like, just, like, like a one-night stand basically turns into the rest of your life kind of situation is what this is for this character because he was so impulsive and wanting to get paired up because the beta, I guess, can't bite and pair for the Omega. Um, so there's, like, that's major conflict, and so... Um, me just dipping my toes in Omegaverse. Uh, it really had me on like the edge of my seat. Like, oh my gosh, this is like terrible. Like, I just, I hope it ends well. So it's a lot of like interpersonal drama. Um, so I really would recommend uh, her work for that. I haven't read the rest of her stuff, but she is next on the list after I do the Kurahashi Tomo works. So I think that for those of us who watch anime, one of the bigger good BL titles we've seen recently that we have all been waiting to discuss is Given. I didn't think I would be able to watch it, but like three hours ago, I barely finished it. Yeah, so did everybody, did y'all enjoy Given? Yes! I did. Oh my god. Like, what the, I need more. Like, <laughs> yeah. episode nine, like, I was on the verge of crying. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like... Like, watching it week to week, you can kind of see it slow build, and then 9 just, like, punches you. To the point that I felt like 11 and 12 were a little bit, like, of a letdown. 10 with, 10 got, with the end, where you have that flashback with Yuki, that, like, sells the whole episode 10. Mm -hmm. That is such a... I don't know, just the way that the story, like, you have the slow build of Mafuyu and uh, Ritsuka's relationship... And as you slow build to their relationship, it's the slow unwinding of what happened with Mafuyu and Yuki. Mm -hmm. Because at first, you don't know. Like, you kind of know. You see the image of, like, somebody hung themselves. You know that something happened. So you're like, is it his dad? What's going on? Um, you just, you don't know what's happening. And then at each episode, it's like you learn more and more of, like, what actually happened. Which narratively was so brilliant that's yeah that's what i really love usually um when there's a lack of communication between characters that kind of gets on my nerves because it's like all your problems could be solved if you just sat down and had an adult conversation but if he told us all at once it wouldn't have been impactful right and in this case like there were reasons why they could not sit down and just talk it out yeah yeah because it's like usually those like stupid uh, hallmark movies where they, they just don't communicate and there's no reason for them not to. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just like a cheap way to create drama. But in this instance, like it was just done so perfectly because they, they really can't sit down and talk it out because they don't know what the other one, what, what their opinion is on homosexuals. 
And they don't necessarily want to cause a rift in their newly formed band because they're they're trying to make it work out now. Well, it's it's like I felt like it was as Mafuyu just like as he processes it, that's when we learn. Oh yeah. This boy has not processed it yet. Like he's just now finally being able to talk about like you can see how hard it is for him to even struggle to put this into legitimate words and to deal with what happened. It's like he almost just didn't deal with it until we like start seeing it in the show and then every episode you know he's progressing a little or he regresses and as he starts to deal with it that's when you see because we get the most information about yuki in like eight nine and uh ten and that's where mafi has like the most progress as he's leading up to the song right i thought he was like a perfectly round character like that's how you do it yeah him it was... and uh Un- unayama or yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i felt like on ter- in terms of the pacing alone, this is one of the. This is, I'm going to say, this is the best BL adaptation I've seen for anime. Like hands down, the animation was good, the story was good. It's one of the best anime I've seen in the year. One of the best romances for anime I've seen, just because of the pacing and how natural it was. Right, and it had like a good amount of comedy in there too, just to oh, break yeah. up some of those really tense moments, just to like a reason it gives you a reason to laugh it out essentially yeah. once like it's has like realized like once they're like they kind of like had their thing happen a little mm-hmm. bit the moment when he sees mafia who's been sick and he's like sweating he's just like freaking out over like his hot <laughs> af yeah or whatever like those moments with uh when he, like his inner dialogue a lot of times was he was the best which I mean, Uchida Yuma pulled out a star performance. That's most why I was originally watching, because I wanted to say you. Um, but he really shone as Unayama. It was very good. Very, yes. yeah. very good. I, I really enjoyed um, just the very last episode, episode 11, just because of the the inside-out moment that was oh, happening definitely. to Risa. Yeah, that was my favorite part. <laughs> well, that, that one was an interesting episode because you have so much build-up to the confession, mm-hmm. and then it immediately cuts to them trying to go and explain to their band members that we've decided to try to date. And so you, you actually... It leaves something to the imagination where you don't see that actual moment where they they talk about dating, mm-hmm. you know, which is a little bit of a... like. It's a big jump, and you're like, wow, okay, I feel like I missed something, but, like, it's it's done for a reason. Yeah, it, it was their denouement, essentially. Yeah. So, I guess, and it allowed... I, I appreciated the side characters here, uh, and that's kind of what, what Grace said, too. Um, especially because Akihito was, like, a really good role model right. for Maf- or not for Mafia. well for him too but for these guys to be able to talk about like okay I like guys is that like weird he's like no I've had those feelings too yeah that was very important for me yeah and Haruki's the band mom and is keeping keeping them together and alive the only like his the, the other guy's side story though with having his roommate there it's just so hard for me to understand that's why I need a there's, second there's more, I yeah. need a second that, season that movie so the movie is supposed to focus on Haruki and Akihito and there's there's definitely more because Akihito's story because on episode 5 when, when that boy shows when he peeks out of the mattress like oh shit there's another guy yeah like I was like what happened because they're setting it up for Haruki and yes. Akihito to be together and then there's the there's the and you're like is it the boyfriend is he the ex he's what so he turns out he's seen because we haven't read the manga those of us we're all yeah have not it's coming out in english so i'm just gonna mm-hmm. wait for volume one in english and then i'll probably binge the rest online um but it seems like something went wrong in their relationship because 
uh, Akihito's like ex or his boyfriend or whatever. There's something not quite right with that boy. Like, yeah, he the way he talks about mafia, he definitely seems weird. like the type who gets to yeah. Yeah, gets he. There was something like. I think he, I get the feeling he is feeling threatened by someone who is either as talented as him or mm-hmm. potentially even yeah. more talented. Yep. Because I thought it was interesting when we learned that Akihito used to be a violinist. Yeah. He stopped he because he felt like he just couldn't compare to Ugetsu. And the, to me, I would want a partner who is supportive and is, like, cheering me yeah, on. Yeah, he didn't to, seem like, very supportive. Like, Ugetsu definitely seemed, oh, like, a yeah. very selfish or, like, just the type to not really contribute yeah like he's like you can love him but he's not gonna love you back right yeah very cold like almost incapable of like a bit narcissistic yeah Yeah, but he lets him live there too so it's like what's up with that why are you still living with him i know but you're not like i have a lot of questions like yeah and i think because he has another boyfriend i know and if haruki i don't know if haruki like really knows but i'm just like it would break this man's heart yeah, I don't I think so because wasn't he dating Yayoi? Uh, it, it was kind of like, like an on again, off again. They like thing. Didn't, yeah, but I guess because the whole issue is that like Haruki probably again we've not read the manga doesn't like in my mind he doesn't really know like Aki like he sees him with a girl and then it's like okay he's not gay he wouldn't he's not even in the same league as me mm-hmm. but if he saw him with like a Getsu then it'd be like oh so you can date guys you just with this other guy mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know. Well, I knew Akihito was bi because he said he he swung both ways when he was having a conversation. With, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if Haruki knows that. Yeah, think... Haruki probably doesn't know a lot because he's also like all in his head about like. I thought he did. Okay, maybe he does. Yeah, because he saw Yoyoi coming. Because like when she popped in, he's like, "Ah, oh, shit!" But does he... he know that he likes guys? Is what I was saying. Yeah, the oh, whole band. I think, I think he does. I think he does because okay. there was like a but flashback what, what scene. Are... Where he saw him at school, and this guy was yelling at Akahito and his then boyfriend at the time. He's like, oh. "You guys slept together. I know it." Oh. So he overheard that conversation, and it was the flashback where he's like, "And that's the moment I fell in love with him." But he was taken. <laughs> yeah, but whether he knows he's actually with this violinist or not, yeah, it's like, that's a whole ex, different story. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, that's. Good point. Well, they did announce a movie, and I'm sure all of this conflict oh, will be there. There's so much. How many, do, did they say how many volumes the manga is going to be in? Five? Five? Okay, then I'm not That's what's out in Japan. I don't, okay. I think it's still ongoing. Okay. Um, so, what surprised you the most? And I'll read Grace's answer first. Uh, she was surprised. She said, I'm surprised that I in, ended up caught up in the side character's romance more than the main couple. Not that I don't enjoy the main couple, but I just find... That I want to know more about Haruki and Akihito. Same. Any, anything that surprised you? Fair. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I, I thought the story was well told, but like the ending does leave me wanting to know more about the side characters because yeah. essentially this story was about Ritsuka's relationship with Sato. Mm-hmm. And their drama has been resolved, and now I just kind of want to know more about their friends. Yeah, I still want to know more about Mafuyu and Yuki because I feel like same. Yeah, for as in like Maf- I'm glad that Mafuyu has felt like he's okay to move on, but it's like you you gave he said he gave a lot of firsts to Yuki, and so that's kind of going to be another point of conflict because for Itsuka he, I mean maybe we don't know if he's a virgin or not. Well, but he like, had but, the little virgin character in his brain. Yeah. So yeah. his so Mafuyu is actually the one with experience here, which is a little bit. 
of an interesting dynamic. And then how is that going to play out? Because it's all fine and good for Mafia to say, like, okay, I fall in love with somebody else. Like, he's moving on. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you start to encounter that in terms of the relationship and the physicality of it? Like, is he like has he fully moved on? Because this would be a traumatic thing to happen to anybody. Like, I can't even imagine what's going on because we still don't fully... I still feel like I don't fully, 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 fully know what did Mafia do? What did he say? And then Yuki, like, it's like it ended on a yeah, bad note for them. It, and he never got really to apologize did. because Yuki killed himself. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to live with that. And then your friends, I think it's pretty implied that they're blaming you for it. And they're like, mm-hmm. what's going on, dude? Like, yeah, that's... this is just a whole other thing that, like, it's good that they're moving on. But, like, that's going to, they're going to, I think they honestly would deal with it their whole relationship. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll shoulder that his whole life. That yeah. actually hit close to home because uh, I don't know if you saw on Twitter a couple of months ago, a friend of mine did attempt suicide because her boyfriend died. It was not her fault. It was another mm-hmm. friend's fault. But it's on his shoulders yeah. for putting him in that situation. And she did not handle it well. And she's still not handling it well to this day. So I could not imagine her in another relationship. And I think Mafiu started this relationship not even maybe, maybe like a little over half a year. Because in, in Ritsuka's head, it was like six months ago yeah. that he maybe met. No, he didn't meet him six months ago. It, it must have been a couple of months. Yeah, I have some questions about the timeline in terms of this. Because, yeah. Like, I mean, wasn't Mafiu in like middle school? With, or were they in high school when he was with Yuki? It's. I think it's mid. I think they said middle school, and now he's in high school. Probably late middle school. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I definitely want to see. How were you doing some of this stuff, Matt? With you, like (laughs) side eye a little Mm -hmm. true. No judge, no judge. Do what you do, but it was it was just very interesting to see too, because like conventionally we would have seen. Bitska and Mafuyu, like, they would have had a kiss or whatever, but everything we saw was Mafuyu with Yuki, uh, which props to Noe Tamina for having that, like, heavily implied gay sex scene on mm-hmm. TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I mean, they, they also did banana fish, but that was a very different type of scenes. <laughs> oh, poor Ash. But, um, yeah, I th- th- it was it's pretty monumental that it was Noe Tamina's first BL. That's what they were billing it as. Wow. Uh, which It was well done. What surprised me the most, actually, is how it was um, presented here in the U.S. is when Crunchyroll was doing it, like, they were not really hyping it up as a BL. Um, it was, they were really trying to hype it up as, like, a music uh, anime, which it's pretty much, like, half BL, half music. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, ignoring the BL aspects, if you don't want to say it's a genre, it's just, like, a romance drama slash music anime but like, mm-hmm. all of their comp titles when you went to like on your, on the page like people who liked this also liked it wasn't other BL titles I was like but, mm-hmm. but your first audience are Joshi yeah and I think that like because Given was so good you saw a lot of backlash um there is a tweet here that I'm going to uh read out that uh Cho actually sent me um because she and I are the big anti-watch dogs watch for the group um so it was a tweet so this tweet says, please, please watch Given. It's a romance anime with the couples being entirely men-loving men. And it's not Fujo bait or queer bait. It's handled very good and holds up well. Wikipedia has described it as a yaoi, but fuck that shit. It's a music series with very well-handled male-loving male relationships, no creepy age gaps, and nothing. And so I think that this goes to our conversation about, like, what makes BL good and, um, you know, categorizing Given as, you know, a good BL for all of us. 
because um, I definitely think it's one of the top that we'll be recommending. So, like, this person is saying basically, like, well, Wikipedia says it's a yaoi, but, but fuck that. It's a music series. And that's how Crunchyroll kind of described it as a music series. But let me be clear. <laughs> Given is a BL. It ran in a BL magazine. So it's something that definitely is a BL. But we, we did see there was, there was a, a, you know, particularly vocal part of Twitter that felt like, this wasn't BL. Like, just, like, because it was so mm-hmm. good, it couldn't be something for Fujoshi, even though it was totally ours to begin with. We just happened to get a really good adaptation of a really good source manga. But there's this perception that, like, all BL is bad, it's fetishy, it's creepy, because there's these age gaps. And the fact that Given lacks all of that, there was a sense that people were going to come in and co-opt it from Fujoshi. because it's from yeah, Fujoshi. Yeah, to be like, this is not, like, don't, this is not Fujo stuff, this is so good that you can't have it. And it's like, but, but then I can't win because yeah. how can I have like good stuff if you take it from me and you say it's not mine? Well, again, but it totally it's also, is because it ran in a PL magazine. It's also categorizing like, oh, it's only good because it doesn't have problematic content. And I'm like, things with problematic content can be good too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I struggled a lot with that. That's uh. just because I was like, oh boy. Yeah, I think it's it's clear that there's the only. Yaoi they've seen is like the ones with problematic. Yeah, ooh, I can't talk problematic content. Yeah, I mean, given is if if you look at like recent BL adaptation, like if we contrast this to Dakaichi, this is very different. Dakaichi is adults, so so this one is high school kids, which normally antis are like, no, 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 oh, no don't kids, read this high school pedo kids. shit. Um, but so Dakaichi had adults, which you would think would be good, but Dakaichi had problematic content because. At least in the manga, it was very obviously a rape scene. Mm-hmm. The anime made it a little bit less obvious, which mm-hmm. props to the, the anime for correcting um, what could have been bad. But Dakaichi is is pretty tropey um, in terms of the way it goes. I, I always like to, you know, stick up for Dakaichi because it was a TV anime and they definitely showed that the characters would like have sex. Like maybe you weren't seeing them have sex, but you knew they were about to and you knew after that they'd done it. And that's something that you just don't see in TV anime a lot for like gay relationships. They even cut it out and had to create an extra episode when they did Love Stage because they were like, oh, well, we can't show that episode, but you can get it on the DVD. Yeah. And Nakaichi at least had, you know, you have consenting adults in a relationship having sex. Given is very different from that. Given is, you know, instead of the relationship, what they do with it, it's like them getting to the relationship part. And I mean, yeah, the two main characters didn't necessarily kiss, um, but you did, you did see conduct with the others. But I think it's just unfair to really compare something like like Dakaichi and Given because those are two totally different manga, and they're mm-hmm. really trying to speak to probably two different Fujoshi audiences, even because there's people who are going to like Dakaichi. And trust me, I know because Dakaichi, like all of my art I've done for it. It's a lot of likes on Instagram. Like, a lot of likes. So it's one of those that I think people just don't talk about liking, but everybody seemed to have actually watched. Um, whereas Given broke out of the, like, the Fujoshi bubble, and I think that that's where you're seeing all this conflict is because Given, because it was billed not necessarily as a BL. It's not what Crunchyroll ran with, like, hey, watch this BL. They were like, hey, watch this this anime that's about music. And that's that's a fair way to to attract people to it. Um, you know, maybe because you're wanting to say this is a realistic LGBT romance and you're looking at LGBT um, anime fans, but you still can't ignore that at its core, this was a BL. Mm-hmm. Just because it happened to be a better BL than what you think it is does not mean that it's definitely not a BL. Mm-hmm. Like, because then how do you have good BL if everything that's good gets taken away from you? Yeah. So, 
Um, okay, on to our other questions. These are some fun ones. So who is your favorite character? Hands down, uh, Sato. Kedama. The dog. Oh, the dog. <laughs> they, they threw the butthole on the dog in the ending oh sequence, which I always think is funny. So fluffy, and he sneezes, and I'm like, oh, I love you. The first time I saw, like, the very first episode, I'm like, what is that tiny fluffy thing? So Grace said she likes Haruki, which Haruki would, would have been my type based on his hair color, being a blonde. Um, I guess Akihito, too. But I'm kind of torn between uh, Mafuyu, because he's my little uke boy. But then I really love Litsuka because I like Uchida Yuma and I like his voice. And so probably a toss-up between those two. They're definitely my top pair. But it's like almost everybody was so good. Can't really fault I like Akihita because right? he's like the the role model and he's also like really supportive. And I'm like, oh, I need this in But my he says life. like two words yeah. at the yeah. time. <laughs> he's, like they all had very good character types. Mm-hmm. Um, and were all really distinct and didn't feel like they felt like real people mm-hmm. instead yeah. of like a trope. It's like, okay, this is definitely. He's the guy who's always like, oh, it'll be fine. And then another guy's like, oh my God, we're about to go on stage. Why are we doing this? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's the, the mom this. of the dad. <laughs> um, do you think you'll read the manga? I do when I, I have know. time. Because, yeah. like, I, I really want to know what happened between um, Sato and Yuki. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the manga is probably going to go into more detail about their relationship and what led to that little spat. I just want, like, those minor details that are not included in the anime. Yeah. So one of our members who has read the manga said that actually the anime explained it a little better. Really? But I think that I'll actually, like, that was her opinion. Um I do know that whatever we read in volume one, which comes out in January, is not going to, it's only going to be part of the anime. So it's going to be a while if you're reading only the official, um, but but it's up places. Um, okay. But buy it because Viz licensed it, because they knew what they were doing yeah, and getting, big. this is like the top BL title for the year, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to read it. I just haven't yet because I wanted to let the anime I wanted to have the experience of the anime before reading the manga. Mm-hmm. I might read it, but I don't know if I'm actually going to collect those copies yeah, physically. It, oh, I've already bought the art book. So. <laughs> I'm wondering <laughs> how <laughs> many will are they going to publish? Probably. Like, I mean, I don't think we're in danger of it selling out. And oh yeah, no, no. Like June. I'm just <laughs> like my fear is like it's going to be like Black Butler, where I try oh. to collect it and it keeps going on and no, on. No, no, and no. On. Black Butler is like 30 volumes. There's not going to be 30 volumes no. given. Yeah, no. And if there are, I will like eat my shoe. So. I mean, the longest I've seen is, is stories like Tyrant or Sekaiichi or mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, most of these like I think Love Stage was only seven. Okay. So yeah, if yeah. it's under ten. I'll definitely buy it. Yeah. But yeah. if I really, really, really like it, I may go above and beyond. Well, they, I think it. we'll probably have official digital versions too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, I mean, at the very least, I'm buying it. Y'all can borrow. Yeah, that's oh, what okay. I plan on True. doing. And then yeah. if I really like it, I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, if it's like something I want to go back and reread over and over again, I do it. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of close this off on Given, uh, why do you think Given matters? I think the very fact that they're so like okay with the the gay characters in it, they're mm-hmm. they're just like, yeah, I'm gay, and it's it's not a big deal, it's not a a big anything, and and that's so new for BL. Like we don't really see that in the older BL. When we read BL, they're like, I'm not gay, I'm totally straight. Or well, even for it to not just be that, like, because I don't know if Ritsky even said he was gay, but for him to ask on TV, granted this is late night, but on TV in Japan, for him to ask another character. 
hey, I've got this crush on a guy. Is that weird? And the other character would be like, no, I've had crushes on guys. It's completely fine. So it's not even just, again, that it's a binary sexuality, that it's like, Mm -hmm. it's fine. You don't have to put a label on it because they're not labeling it necessarily the show. It's like, I like this guy, and that's an okay emotion to have. It's natural. Yeah. Yeah, They're not weird. I like how it's showing that it's a bit more accepted now. And maybe it'll date the anime compared Mm -hmm. to, like, ones in the past. But that was one thing I was wondering is, like, what time period is the anime taking place in? I'm kind of wondering. Definitely, like, modern. Like, it felt like it could have been, like, last year or something like that. Okay. Like, it was, like, based yeah. on their cell phones, Japan. modern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things I was worried about was um, was uh, the other students, mm-hmm. if they were going to start bullying um, Ritsuka or, God forbid, Sato. Yeah. After that girl, of... like... Spread, told him the rumor, and yeah. I'm like, oh, this is not. Well, and then end she well. apologized because she realized she should yeah. have said that, because, right? Which is know. refreshing because I don't see a lot of people who just spread rumors because they don't think they've done anything wrong. It's For so her to elementary is so nice. Yeah, because I think that she realized too, like, okay, she could tell that they had something special together, like a really close friendship. She shouldn't have been saying that, and she did um, it out of jealousy too, and she yeah. admitted it was petty. Yeah, and it's probably also realizing, like, hey, that's not okay that it happened to Mafuyu. Like, he mm-hmm. shouldn't be teased. because, Like, the like, you know, I can imagine those rumors cropping up. Like, I don't think... I think that this show is doing a pretty realistic portrayal of how, uh, you know, it would have happened in a school in Japan. Right. Um, but, you know, because... I mean, he, even here in America, like, maybe... I, I hope it's different nowadays, but, like, where I went to school, there were, like, three gay kids. Three out gay kids. There were more gay kids. We just weren't talking about it because we knew we didn't want to go through all this shit that mm-hmm. they went through because... And they were the ones who couldn't have hit, couldn't have hit it because of who they were. Like, there was just no way that they could have not. So they just were their authentic selves. Um, and it seems like that's... Mafia was just kind of his authentic self and for some people it didn't go over well but that's good that they portrayed it like that he didn't really seem to have any internal conflict about being gay yeah and then Ritsuka's internal conflict opened up the door for the conversation to happen so you've got two sides of it so you've got a character who's like discovering his sexuality um and then you have a character who's like pretty comfortable with it so I think that I mean again those things those conversations happening on tv in Japan even on a late night anime yeah, because we've had gay good. characters in BL. It's, it's not something new, but having them have that discussion is important. Yeah, and Noi Tamina is... I mean, it's not like it's the NHK, but it's a pretty prominent block for anime. So Noi Tamina taking the step into BL, um, that's good. I mean, we're getting a lot of BL. So, like, this is already announced as a movie with Blue Links, who's doing the Twittering Birds movie. Um, we're Twittering more Birds more is getting a collaboration with Tower Records. Like... This is this is the time to be Fujoshi. Like as as the patch issue said, now is the time of BL, yes. um, which I did buy that issue just because I felt like it was important to own because you've got a you know yes a girly anime magazine, but I it's, mean in the it's past, giving a whole cover story like, to BL. In the yeah. past, we've seen like a handful maybe published in a year. This year alone, we've seen over ten. Yeah, Sublime really doubled down on their eight hundred one day announcements, so that's why I was like. And some of them are like some of the stuff that we even got last oh, year, like already titles. starting to come out. Because Yarachin comes out in November. Liquor and cigarettes. Yeah, that comes out in November too, I yeah. think. And then starting in January, we've got Givens. So they're pretty aggressive too about this timeline. Yeah, for they're some like, days. "This is hot. Let's get it now." Instead Which is of good. like expecting it in three years. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Given needs to happen now. Given, given how how popular <laughs> the the anime seemed to be, so I'm excited to see um, 
how it goes. Excited to see what other projects maybe this unlocks the door for. Um, so that BL isn't something that's, you know, every two or three years. Maybe maybe we're not every season. I would love to have one every season. My wallet would hurt me. Um, but to have more on uh, TV, not just OVAs. To where um, we just don't watch the BL of the year. Where we get to choose, oh, well, I didn't watch that one, but I watched this Yeah, one. Having maybe, that option is, is a luxury we yeah, don't have. Yeah, you, you can choose which one you like based on your preferences. It's like, you get to do that now with Isekai. Why can't we do that with BL on, it, on yeah. TV? Probably because they can't make money that way. But I would do my best to support it. So uh, do, if you really enjoyed Given, support the manga when it comes out. Um, Sublime, like we said, has got a lot of other stuff coming out recently um, in the next month. So do do try to support them if you can. So thanks for listening. Uh, Any closing words or go see Premiere. If it's still there in your theater, we're going to try to get it to extend every week. So by the time this podcast comes out, you can still see it. Um, (laughs) It'll be here for Christmas. (laughs) Um, But yeah, go see Premiere. Go watch Given. It's on Crunchyroll. Mm -hmm. Go read Given when it comes out. Go buy Buy Premiere when it comes on. Go buy Yarchi. Soundtrack for Given. Uh, There is in Japan. I don't know if it's already released, but they definitely had, I think, an OST as part of their Blu ray release, which I will say. Watching Given, every uh, episode title is an actual song. So there's a lot of unofficial mm-hmm. playlists out on YouTube to hear the soundtrack. And it's a pretty interesting mix of like classic rock, some contemporary alt rock. Um, I definitely got major feels listening to uh, Who Bestanks the Reason. I was like, this is a specific <laughs> moment in time in my bedroom in 2003 watching MTV. <laughs> and like the fact that The Reason was one of the titles for that, I was like... Oh my gosh. I know that there's listeners who probably did not have that moment because they were babies or had not been yet born into this world. <laughs> Perhaps even members of our group. But I definitely had a moment listening to some of these songs. It's like, ooh, major flashbacks to listening to alt-rock radio in the 2000s. I just wanted to point out, um, Fuyu no Hanashi, um, the, the song that he sings yeah. at the concert, it reminded me so much of Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, because it kind of had almost the same storyline about this boy that, or rather oh, the, yeah. the, the the girl has this boy that she likes, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. then he ends up with another girl and that's the story. Yeah. And just that line popped in the middle of the song. He's like, I had someone with me all the time and then they were gone. That's the story. And I'm like, damn. Wow. Well, yeah. That, that got me. That part got me. Yeah, it's and definitely... It, yeah, it, that's what reminded me of Skater Boy. Because it, it, you don't get a lot of songs that really tell a story these days. Yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely go listen to the uh, soundtrack. Sorry, my cat finally made an appearance here. Hey, Arabella. So, she fell asleep watching Given. <laughs> she falls asleep in every anime. Um, but thanks again for listening. Happy Halloween. If we don't catch y'all before then for any spectacular stuff, we will be having our annual... Cocktoberfest celebrations. So, catch y'all next time. Thanks for listening to the 801.